Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Right now, Sean Palmer waiting for Seth Kamins to appear for our NBA preview 2018. And why the Toys R Us theme, ladies and gentlemen? Well, two reasons. First of all, more than anything else, the NBA theme for this year is, do I have enough toys? You have the Golden State Warriors. You have the Houston Rockets. You have the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. Are there enough toys for each of these coaches? And more importantly, is there enough time to play for each of these toys? And most importantly, and why I played that today, instead of playing it at the end, is did you know that there is a revitalization of Toys R Us? Did you know they're thinking about coming back? It's excellent. It's absolutely excellent. They pulled out of their uh, bankruptcy hearing today, and they said, we're going to try and make a comeback, or so we think. So, here's hoping, right? Because, I don't know, that song resonates with me as a child, and I would think it would resonate with everybody else growing up at this point, because there are certain things in life that are just, right now, not so great. And then you have the Toys R Us theme. I don't want to grow up, do want to grow up. And Seth, I, I'm saying that there is no more apropos song for today's show than the Toys R Us theme because there are four coaches in the NBA that have more toys than they can play with. And it just depends on how well they play with all those toys that they will make the NBA Finals. Well, I don't know if I see that. Um, how you doing, everybody? Happy October 15th. Uh I guess to me, I see. I, I don't see a second team in the West. You could, D'Antoni can have as many toys as he wants. I don't see a second toy in the West. You don't see a second toy in the West. I, I have plenty of toys. 
in the West? Well, you said I can't see a second toy in the West. I assume you meant team, and that's okay. Fair. You know, at, le- at least for the first time in four years, I don't have to predict the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but, you know, I, I look at the West, and it's, you know, the East I see is a three to four, three, three and a half team race. They have some toys to play, to quote you, some toys to play with. The West, there's one team, and then there's just everybody else. Okay, I don't think it's that cut and dry. Look, I would be stupid to pick anybody other than Golden State. I would. I think anybody would be out of their mind to pick anybody other than Golden State. But I don't – look, Golden State is is a powerhouse, no question about it. But are they unbeatable? No. They would have – in my opinion, they probably would have lost last year had Chris Paul not been hurt. Look, we're going we're gonna to go through it top to bottom and see how these teams all stack up in the NBA – but I don't necessarily think that they are unbeatable. I don't think they are the 72 and 10. I, I don't think they're as good as the Bulls were. I don't think they're as good as, as the Lakers were. The Lakers just had the Celtics and the 76ers at the time. Look, they are a tremendous team. But there are health issues abound, all of them, except for really Draymond Green. We don't know what DeMarcus Cousins is bringing to the table. And a lot of their depth actually left after last year. And that's not to say, look, there's not to say that you're starting five when you have five guys that potentially could all go to the Olympics is not something to be holding. It certainly is. But look behind the five guys. NBA basketball is, is a marathon, not a sprint. We have to assume that there will be at least one or two major injuries on this team. And you know what? Depth may come into come into play. David West is gone. JaVel McGee is gone. Not to say these guys are top players, but they are certainly – look, you needed them in the last two years. Not saying, it, I, not saying they won't get there, but I'm just not saying it's fait accompli either. Oh, no, I think it's, I think it's, it's fait accompli because pretty much what you've done is you've traded – JaVale McGee for DeMarcus Cousins, number one. No, you haven't. You're not going to get DeMarcus Cousins until five months of January. Let me finish. Okay. Okay. But yes, sir. more importantly, you're going to get more time with Jordan Bell, who's better than True. both McGee and Zaza. Oh, Zaza's not there anymore. But nope. <laughs> there's your, you still have Iguodala. Yep. You still have Patrick McCaw. Yeah. Well, not yet. Not yet. He hasn't signed his tender. <laughs> Believe it or not, he's the one guy that I, you don't know when, what's going on in his head. But he hasn't signed his tender, and he's not going to be available day one. Are you talking about McCaw? That did I not sign the tender. I know that. And look, that's I'm not saying that you will not be able to rack up wins. There, there. Look, this team has, has probably six of the top, what, 75 players and maybe five out of the top 50, five out of the top 40 in the NBA. Uh, but we've seen teams like this before actually falter. I'm not saying it will be them, but we've seen teams with this many good players falter. So no. it's not necessarily – No. We have. We have. Falter – 
is when you lose to a team, like, again, if you're talking about, like, the Lakers and Celtics in the 80s where one of them had to lose. That's one thing. But you, when have you seen an all-time great team falter in a four-best-of-seven? Very rarely. Oh, I'm not saying it has. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's often, but it certainly has happened. You're telling me it hasn't happened. I'm looking at the Lakers when they had Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Right. Is that to the? Is that to the? First of all, I'm, hold on. Carl Malone and I'm Gary Payton saying, were 126 years old. It was pay, they had, they had Kobe and Shaq, and that was it. Yeah, they lost to Detroit, um, which was not an all-time great team. But they were a very good team that went to the championship the following year. But, see, I, I look at this team, and I see, okay, forgetting the starting five. We'll say Cousins is starting by January. So for our okay. purposes, starting five. So you worry about their depth. I do. They have Kevin Looney still. They have Sean Livingston still. They have Quinn Cook, and they have Jordan Bell. They go 90. Plus, plus they, oh, and they have Iguodala. There's your 10 deep. They didn't lose much depth. They got better depth because their depth is going to be better this year from just being more experienced than they were last year. Okay. Look, uh, uh, their, their upfront depth is definitely worse, in my opinion, worse this year than it was last year. Upfront. Not, not backcourt depth. Uh, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell is a six-nine, two-twenty-four guy. He, he's a small forward slash power forward in that offense, right? Demarcus Cousins gets hurt long term. You're playing. You can play Draymond Green and Jonas. Jer- I can never pronounce this guy's name. Jerverko. You can play those guys and Damian Jones at the center all day long if that's what you want. And if that's what you're planning on doing, I get your point. But you're not playing Kevin Looney at the center. Those are the no. guys you're playing. The, those three guys, Damian Jones, Jaberko, and Draymond Green. Now, I get it. I get the fact, and, and Jamarcus, DeMarcus Cousins. I always call him Jamarcus for some reason. DeMarcus Cousins, I get it. But there's been no team that's actually been better with DeMarcus Cousins on it than has not been, correct? Yeah, Every team is better with better him than without him, but it's, obviously the bar is not set that high. The bar is not set that high. Okay, that's assuming DeMarcus comes back. That's assuming DeMarcus plays the type of ball that they play, which he doesn't. It's a lumbering 6'11", 270 center. Look, I'm not, I, I, I said this before. I'm saying it would be incredibly stupid to pick anybody against them into the finals. But I don't think it's I, – I, I, I to say that it's fait accompli, I, I don't go there. I just don't. Okay, I think so. that they were one one game away from not being there last year. And if they weren't there last year, if they didn't win last year, let's assume let's assume we're in an alternative universe where Chris Paul played and they won. Would you be okay. saying it's fait accompli for them to go back to this year? I don't think so. I fair. That that's my only take. So okay, so we're gonna talk we're gonna talk a lot about the NBA, but le- let's start with the other sports, and we'll get to the NBA. We already spoke the first fifteen minutes about it, but we're gonna we're gonna come back at the end at the bottom of the hour. Uh, 
first have – I'm not going to talk to you about your Giants. It was really bad. That's, that's all I, I was there. It was really bad. It was, it was, it was a fun game to go was to. It as, was it as it bad was in person game. as it really was on TV? Because I – It was for – I was – you know what was fun? I was feeling watching sorry for you guys. Watching Saquon Barkley was fun. Watching Saquon Barkley is incredible. The rest of it, I agree, not fun. Like, I remember the days where I was ashamed to be a Jets fan. Not ashamed, but just turned off the TV because they were really that bad. That's, how, that's what I felt like on, watching it on Thursday, except I didn't have to turn off the TV. I mean, it it reminded me of the days where I just was like, just end the season. The season can't be over quick enough. And, and look, and I get you guys are still technically in the NL East, NL East, NFC East. But are you really in the NFC East? Are you? No, are you, we're not going that far. Yeah. I'm not doing so, that. So you lost the position to you. So Ben McAdoo totally screwed up the Eli Manning situation last year. I've, I've read a couple of articles on that. We know this. There's no way you can bench him. No, you can't. No, you absolutely can't. And and he's $25 million on the cap next year. I don't think you're going to see him on the team no, next year. It's $6 billion of dead money on next year. So they're going to cut them. They have to. So let's talk about the remaining three teams in the NFC East because they all looked pretty good this year, this week. You had the Redskins, who who Adrian Peterson played like Emmett Smith yesterday with a dislocated shoulder. Hey, that was a good reference, wasn't it? Come on, give me that was something. Pretty on solid. That. Hurts me a Thank little you. bit. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, but yeah, it, it hurt him a lot more than it hurt you. Uh, so. You have him, you have Adrian Peterson, who looked really good yesterday. And, look, if Adrian Peterson can stay healthy, I think that running attack is there. You have the Eagles, who look, who have looked phenomenal since Ashlon Jeffrey came back. And I'm not an Ashlon Jeffrey fan, but that team is totally different. Sorry, how many times am I going to mess that up tonight? I'm not a fan of his because I think he's wildly inconsistent. But yes. that team – that team runs so much smoother with him in it than it does without him. And it's si- it's a sizable difference. And then okay. and then you have da- and then you have Dallas last night that there's no other word for it. They manhandled Jacksonville. I couldn't believe this is the same Dallas team that I've been watching. They thoroughly ma- I was like, "Why are you putting Dallas and Jacksonville on national TV?" And then I watched it and I was like, "Okay, Dallas just said F you to everybody else. We're going to do it the way we want. And they're a totally different team home and away. So is this going to, just going to be another NFC bloodbath, or do you see one team that's actually going to pull away? Oh, no, the Eagles are going to blow, are going to, are going to run away with this. Dallas has been awful except for yesterday. This, is, this to me is a blip. I mean, they've looked, you know, we were talking, they have no wideouts. Look, they were great yesterday. I did not see the game, to be fair. Um, they were great. I know. Well, when you beat when you beat Jacksonville forty to seven, you're usually pretty great. Um, but 
you're you're not they're not a team I think anyone is really scared of in the NFC. Um, the Redskins, nobody particular. You know, you you beat Carolina, you lose to New Orleans by seventy. It's still the Eagles. They haven't. You know, I think they make it. I think I don't know if they make a trade for the running back. Apparently, McCoy McCoy is. They, Buffalo wants a lot from McCoy, but. They, they Carson Wentz looked good. Their wide Ashawn Jeffrey does make the wide receiving team a little bit more complete. The defense is solid. They're the best team in the division. I don't think they're a favorite to go to the to go to the Super Bowl at this point, but I think I, I think they run away with this thing. Okay, and yesterday we saw the team that really had the must win come through. And if I mean Pittsburgh, I don't know how they came through. I don't know how that worked. I don't know why just, well, in some ways you could say Justin Hunter uh, had an illegal pick or at least offensive pass interference moving down the field on a block. But somehow Big Ben and the rest of the team, well, they come through for our fantasy league team because with that we probably won. And they also came through for their team in the must-win situation that we were talking about last week. Because if the Bengals had won that game, they would be 5-1 and one and have a two-game lead in the AFC, AFC North. And then you move on to Denver. So this was something I was going to talk to you about for Wednesday's pickup of the draft, of, of the free agency, but I'd like to ask you now. Is Case Keenum done? Have we seen the last of Case Keenum in Denver? Because he looked awful. I haven't heard anything to the con- – I don't even know who is Denver's backup quarterback. It is Jim Kelly's nephew, Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly? Really? Chad Kelly. That's right. He yep. seventh-round pick. He beat out Paxton Lynch. That's right. Yes. Yes. And they brought in – I, I did not see anything on, on the Denver game yesterday. I've been working until okay, 3 well, a.m. Den- so you have to well, fill Denver me in a also bit. played horribly. But then again, they played the best team in the NFL. So but they lost by seven. Yeah, it wasn't because of their offense. <laughs> it was because of Brad, Brent, is it Bradley Chubb? It's Brad, no, or is it Bramford Chubb? Which is the one Bradley that Chubb. was the defensive Bradley end? Chubb. Bradley, Bradley Chubb. Chubb. It was because of Bradley Chubb and, and Von Miller. They're, they're, they were able to make a stand and stop Goff. Goff repeatedly could not um, handle the third downs. And Gurley only ran for 209 yards. I mean, no big deal there. <laughs> but but the fact is, it definitely was not the offense of Denver keeping them in the game. So I think this, I, I think we may be looking to pick up Chad Kelly. We're, we're going to drop Ryan Fitzpatrick anyway. But we might want to look into picking up Chad Kelly. Okay, so – the Jets win. I'm a happy camper. Syracuse is off. I'm a happy camper. And this week I get to go to homecoming with my nephew, which I am thrilled about because he gets to see Uncle Sean in all his glory, like I ever had glory, ever. But it's worth a shot. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. In the battle of the teams that did not deserve to be in the Big Ten, who won this week? Well, 
it may be the single worst passing statistical game I've ever seen. Did you see the stats? Did you see the stats for the game? I didn't see the stats or watch the game, but ladies and gentlemen, if you are unaware of who I am talking about, Rutgers, who went from the Big East to the Big Ten, and Maryland, who went from the ACC to the Big Ten, um, played in Maryland this week. And I have no – look, they were two very, very poor teams. I have no idea who even won the game. Maryland won 34-7. Congratulations. But, thank you. But <laughs> Rutgers is quarterback. By the way, I uh, don't know if you know, Paul Allen just died. Oh. Um, okay, interesting. On, on the day of our NBA preview, Paul Allen, who owns uh, both the Seattle Seahawks and the Portland Trailblazers, former owner, uh, former co-founder of Microsoft. Uh, that's who we're talking about at this point. Who owned one of the most incredible yachts I have ever seen on YouTube. Um, that's who we're talking about. Just passed away. Well, I did. I saw it on YouTube. If you want to see an impressive yacht, go to YouTube and 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 put in Paul Allen's yacht. I think it's got like two helipads on it. But anyway, our condolences out. Our condolences out to the Allen family. Anyway, continue on. So poor passing. So so passing that only Damian Lillard. Is not the word. So is this passing that only Jamal Crawford only Jamal Crawford would appreciate? Let me see if I let me see if I can get this straight. Um so, Art Zikowski, who was a four-star freshman, was 6 okay. for 16 for 18 yards. The reason he had How's 16 that yards... How's that What'd you say? How's that... 6 for 16 for 18 yards? Yes, because four of the, pa- four of the completions were to Maryland defenders. <laughs> <laughs> so he was 2 he was, for 16 for 18 yards. Actually, I think it may have been for eight yards, but I'm actually going to look it up just to check. But um, That's awesome and awful all at the same time. There are no real words. Uh, it was a funny game. To, yeah, two for 16 for eight yards with four interceptions. And then the backup quarterback came in through one pass, and it was intercepted. So suffice it to say, this was not the most difficult uh this was a cruiser for the most part. And Maryland's 4-2. and two. I mean, we're not very good, but we're 4-2. So, so are we. So you know what's what? going to happen. You're not very good 4-2. and two. We're not very good 4-2. and two. And on December pinstripe 27th, ball. we're going to play in the pinstripe ball. Now, my best question to that is, will you be in attendance? If I am not in Florida, yes. Okay. I'm going to hold I went you to that. Straight ball for Northwestern versus Pittsburgh last year. Yeah. Why wouldn't I be in for yeah. Maryland Cuse? And you had two kids. Okay. I, I no, had, you had one, one kid, kid already. You had one kid, so that's no. All all bets are off when you have two kids. All things are. Maybe different. I'll bring them. Anyway. Uh huh. Uh, you're you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can bring Jake. We we can have we well, can have Jake guys was, day. Jake, look, Jake may ha- Jake may have a better arm than Rutgers' quarterback. So, well, is he? Gonna, are we going to start calling Jake Lucas? 
Like Ray Lucas? No, like the movie Lucas. What the hell is the movie Lucas? Oh, wow. Sir, you need to be educated. Lucas came out in 1984 where Corey Haim was uh, a young, very, very young, um, probably 10 or 11 at the time. And he had a crush on a cheerleader, so he snuck his way into a football game. High school. No joke. Winona Ryder, Corey Haim, Scott Bayo, a very young Jeremy Piven. Wow, I am I am surprised there is a movie I have seen that you have not. And I've seen well, it multiple seen like times. Twenty times more movies than I have. Why well, that's only recent. Me? That's only recent. Okay. Anyway, so hopefully Maryland plays Syracuse. We we play um, North Carolina this week, and we're actually an eleven point favorite. I don't remember the last time against an ACC team we were a favorite at all. Let, well, we were against Pitt. I meant a reasonable favorite. 11 points at home for homecoming. I am looking forward to going to this game. Caleb is, like, ecstatic. Uh, he's like, I'm going to where Uncle Sean was at college. I was like, this is awesome. One day you'll do the same with Jake. I have no doubt. Yeah, no doubt whatsoever. Okay. So have you watched any of the uh, the World Series? Because there is that – well, the championship series. There is this thing called the Final Four in baseball. Last night we saw Chris Sale once again taking no decision, not a win, in the playoffs in the David championship Price. series. David Price. David – Chris what did Sale I in say? the hospital. Oh, Chris Seriously, Sale. The one on did, three I hours Dave, did I say David Price. Sale at least? I think wow. Chris, Chris Sale's in the hospital. David Price didn't make any – didn't – gave up like five – four runs in four innings and still is the only $30 million man not to win a playoff game. So – and now they go back to Houston. At 1-1, the Red Sox did pull that off. I think the Houston's just going to end it because the Red Sox have not looked very good. No. If at all. And – I was very happy to see Milwaukee win the first game. I was, it was unfortunate that they lost the second game because they should have won that. Now they go back to L.A., and again, they get to face Kershaw in game four. Well, they still have game three, but game four. And this is where I think Milwaukee really suffers because now they don't have the starting depth. So I, I think that yep. they needed to win both games in Milwaukee to pull this out. But it was really a lot of fun to see the guy going down the slide numerous times in Milwaukee. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the best attractions. Okay, so we're at around the 6.30 mark, which means NBA playoff time or NBA preview time. First, who are the, four, who are the last place teams? Who are the teams we shouldn't even be discussing here in our preview? I think the Suns are number one, aren't they? They're pretty much down there. Yeah, but they're interesting at least. Between between Booker and Aiton, at least they have some there's something interesting about them. I mean, the Kings are horribly depressing for the 38th straight year. The the Magic to me are nothing. The Hawks are nothing. You know, those are the three worst teams in the league to me. Except between the Hawks and the Magic, someone's got to be above one of them. One of them has to be above another one. So the Knicks aren't going to be too far off uh, this year. 
Well, here's the interesting thing to me. What's more interesting to me regarding the Suns isn't that they have Aiton or they have Booker. It's that they're going to try and start Jamal Crawford at point guard to start the season because Devin Booker probably will not start the season. Now, we talked before about how badly Rucker's passing was. I don't think Jamal Crawford's ever passed the ball. Not once. So seeing Jamal Crawford as a starting point guard on a team that's probably averaging maybe 25 years old seems to be a very bad match <laughs> combined. So, yeah, you have your Aiton and you have your Ryan Anderson and you have your uh, Josh Jackson, but you don't have anybody that's passing them the ball. So I'm not sure. I mean, they'll be interesting to watch, but I think it's more about the turnovers than it is about anything else. Well, I think so that's why the one Hawks, of the reasons Ryan McDonough was fired. Because I agree. You look at that. How are you a professional team? Like just looking at Phoenix's schedule, uh, Phoenix's roster right now. They got the French guy that they drafted. Yes, he's their first, he's their only point guard, I believe, on the roster. Yeah, Isaiah Cannon, who's coming off injury. Shaquille Harrison, who I don't know who he is. The Anthony Mel- Melton, who they just drafted. They just drafted Elia Kobo, who they just drafted. Yeah. Yep. What a weird team. Yeah, I think one of the more interesting things about the draft this year, and it, 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 sorry, not the draft, the season this year, is normally we have a lot of teams that don't have their first-round picks. And that's and and a lot of the like crappy teams and we've I'm sorry we've been dealing with the Nets for the last half decade, but all the crappy teams other than Sacramento own their pick this year. So if you're going to tank, you're going to tank and you get your pick. I mean the yeah. only team that ha- there there are a couple of teams that have traded their picks. San Antonio, oh sorry, Sacramento is as has traded their pick, and Dallas trades their pick, but only if it's outside of the top, I think it's 10. Five. Maybe five. It's It's five. five. So if they tank, they keep their pick. If Sacramento tanks, they lose their pick anyway. They lose it to either uh, Boston, if it's, I think, two through 15, and I think it's Philadelphia if it's the number one pick in the draft. And that would just be weird that they would get yet another one pick. But – Brooklyn owns their pick. Congratulations on that for the first Woo-hoo! time since, what, 2010? 2012? Since 1993. But, yeah, <laughs> kind of the same thing. I mean, it's, the Knicks and the Nets both own their picks for the first time in I can't believe how long. And there's no swaps. There's no, there's no gives. It's just we own the pick. Congratulations to the two of them. But I think if you're going to tank this year, the new rules are in place against tanking, which means one through three all have the exact same odds. So that will prevent tanking up until number four. I don't think it solves the problem, but it certainly helps the problem along. And so the worst teams in the league, which you said, include Atlanta, Sacramento. Well, Sacramento doesn't own their pick. And we talked about uh, Memphis or Phoenix, both bad teams. But Memphis at least has a shot of doing something. They just have to stay healthy. They, 
they're the all-injured team to me. If they can stay healthy, every single one of their players, from Gasol to Conley to Chandler Parsons, last time we knew Chandler Parsons was healthy was just about the time the Nets made their first-round pick in 1993. This team could go to the playoffs. Chances of that happening slim and none. Agreed. Yeah. I assume they, I would okay. think that they trade. Okay. Yeah, you think that they would trade who? Well, I was going to ask you that. Would, who who are the guys you think are traded Con- this year? They can't trade Conley because he's traded because of his contract. Agreed. I can't imagine. What did you say? I said agreed. $30 million is a little bit difficult to trade. Gasol's is still a top three to five center. You know, you may, you can probably get some value there. The question is, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where they're going with this team at this point. Well, Rob Perra, Rob, Rob Perra, the owner, just bought out both of his uh, his minority partners, so he's not selling right. the team anytime soon. And he actually Agreed. said, "We're planning on making the playoffs." Now. I think everybody's planning on making the playoffs this year, and yet even Sacramento's planning on making them. And yet they're probably not. So is Atlanta. Here we are picking on Sacramento, but it's really nice not to pick on the Knicks. Although they made one very Knickish move today, so we can talk about that in a second. But, okay, so who's your surprise team? And I don't mean surprise team in a good way. I mean, surprise team in a bad way. Who's missing the playoffs who has been there forever or who everybody is saying will make the playoffs. Who's missing the playoffs. Uh, Let me take a look here. Give me a disappointing team. And again, if you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. We're talking NBA through the rest of the hour. And, uh, in two weeks, I th- I two think weeks, we will be having our college basketball preview. That will be on the 29th. I think you're – or whatever day we decide to do it on. I, I think you're looking at Portland as a team that's going to take the big step back. Um, the West is so stacked. And to say Minnesota is going to take a step back, they only made the playoffs by a game. So it's not exactly a huge step back for them to miss it when we don't know what's going to go, what's going to happen with with that team. Um, we look through the rest of it. Utah's solid. Houston solid. Denver is going to make the play. See, Denver and the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. So two teams have to drop out. One of them being Minnesota, and in my mind, the other one's going to be Portland. Is he in? In my mind, the other one's San Antonio. I don't think San Antonio has a prayer. Well, let me ask you something. Yep. They – what's his name? Leonard's not there the entire year. Correct. Parker barely played because he was a number three point guard. Ginobili barely – you know, was a sixth man. So they pretty much replaced Ginobili and Danny Green with DeMar DeRozan. Now, DeJounte Murray Mm -hmm. getting hurt hurts. Oh, it hurts. I mean, it That's a big one. I think it kills them. I don't think it just hurts. I think it kills them. They don't they don't have a legitimate I mean, they have a backup point guard, but they don't have a point guard. They don't have a guy that's just going to step on no, in you're, you're, and be right. a well, guy. That's the problem. Patty Mills, look, Patty Mills is not a fit, is not a 
Top point guard. Not a, it's not a starting point guard at this point in his career. But I, I, I always hesitate. You, know, you have two top 30 players in, in DeRozan and Aldridge. I always hesitate until I see San Antonio take, a, take the big step back, which I thought would have been last year, considering everything that happened. I, I don't see them. I see them as a six or seven seed. Um, so I, I do think that they will somehow because they just always seem to. I think the, I think they'll they'll find their way in. So I would be incredibly shocked if they were able to do that. So I think the loss of Danny Green is is incredibly important to this team. And it's interesting that you said. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard didn't play. Yeah, Ginobili didn't play. I get that. I get all that. But I think coming off last year, Danny Green's actually the guy that they're going to miss the most. And part of the reason is Danny they replaced Danny Green with Marco Bellinelli. That's who they replaced him with because they need outside shooting, and they didn't have they didn't have anybody to replace Green with, so they replaced a six seven small forward with a six five shooting guard where Danny Green played defense and Bellinelli plays defense like you and me. I'm a good defensive player. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. You're a good defensive player against guys like me. Everyone's a good good defensive defensive player player against guys like you. Thank you. Wow. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Well done. The point is they replaced a guy that could play defense with a guy that can't. And they didn't replace the shooting unless they believe Melanelli's going to have his best shooting year ever. Green had Meanwhile, his worst shooting. Green, I believe, had his worst shooting year. I don't know if ever. Yeah, but I still think he hit over thirty-five percent from three. I don't think he did. Well, Bellinelli last year hit thirty-six percent from three. I can go to. Mr. Toronto. Okay, Mr. Toronto. And again, remember, they play two different positions. So that, that's another point. Well, I guess they play similar positions. Okay. So, three-pointer, he hit 36%, so a little bit better. It was his best ever. His average is 39%. So he probably, yeah, it's probably less than his average. So it probably was his worst ever. I think you're replacing a guy that plays defense with a guy that doesn't. I think you're replacing a guy that doesn't shoot the three as well as Green. And even more so, what's the one thing DeRozan does well? Mid-range. Mid-range. What's the two biggest, and I think we talked about this when the trade went down, the two biggest mid-range guys that shoot in the NBA are? Now on the same team. Correct, which means that there will be less three-pointers. It's, it's just a fact. It has to be. You take more shots from two, you're going to take less shots from three. I just don't see how this team is going to be able to stay within that and stay in the playoff hunt. And quite frankly... I'm not sure, even if Minnesota loses Jimmy Butler, that they're out. There's a lot of talent on that team. And it's up they to do. Wiggins whether he makes that leap or not. Well, the problem is Wiggins hasn't shown any interest in making the leap. Agreed. Um, you know, Towns, 
for all, you know, for everything going on in the Jimmy Butler situation, Towns has shown himself to be a top-tier, top-tier talent. Wiggins hasn't. And I'm not sure we're going to see anything, you know, you know, I don't see anything that's going to prove otherwise, that's going to be proven otherwise. You know, he's, you know, he was supposed to be a big, you know, a great defender coming out of school. Didn't happen. Yeah, he hasn't done that. What? He hasn't done that. You're absolutely no. right. He hasn't done that. You know, he's been a one-dimensional, you know, guy who scores his 20, 22 points a game, but he does that by by pretty much shooting 40% from the floor. What's he do? You know, there's it, the only way I, I I don't know. I see the team imploding. I see the team imploding. Not even imploding, because Butler will be traded at some point, I assume. Um, but it's just a really awkward situation out there. All right, I'm going to have to call you back from my cell phone. So I'll, I'll call you back in okay. two minutes. Okay. So I believe Seth is going home, actually. We we changed the time from from where we were to where we are now, because you know what? It works for everybody, and Seth gets back to his uh, to his babies by the time that they put them to sleep. So I completely understand what Seth is saying regarding Minnesota. And if Jimmy Butler stays on that team, I agree. They will implode. But I think Jimmy Butler is going to be uh, traded soon, much the same as, as Seth did. And the question is, what do they get for him? If they get what they had described in the Miami trade, the supposed Miami trade, which was a protected first-rounder, Josh Richardson – and maybe some filler. I don't think that's a bad deal. Dion Waiters, I believe, was the filler. I don't think it's a bad deal for them. Josh Josh Richardson has a great contract. I think it's four more years at twelve million apiece. He would fit very well in with that core. It will be up to Wiggins. There's no doubt in anybody's mind. If Wiggins does not increase his his play, does not play better does not take more responsibility. This team has spent a tremendous amount of money. They gave Andrew Wiggins. I'm going to go through the uh, – I love Spotrack. Spotrack is the, new, uh, is the new go-to for all salary information. So contracts by team – go to Minnesota. They gave him a max contract, so it's it's a lot. So right now Towns is earning 147 158 million over 5 and Wiggins is earning 147 over 4. 35 million average salary of 36 million dollars a year. Actually more than Towns. Now Towns has the uh, ability to make the supermax next year if he makes an all NBA team, so that shouldn't be an issue. He'll be earning more than Wiggins at some point. But the point is, Wiggins needs to play better. He just does. He's 23 years old. He hasn't improved one iota. And this year he's getting paid $25 million. $25 million for a guy that hasn't improved. So I get what, what Seth is saying. By the way, before Seth gets on back on, We'll talk about what the Nick problem is. 
means I'm not sure. Uh, Seth's been in, in his in his semi-annual busy season. So with regards to what the Knicks did today, which makes no sense, is that they bought out Yakim Noah. Not Yannick Noah, his son, Yakim Noah. Now, Yakim Noah had th- two more years on his contract, worth, I believe, it was $34 million. And they bought him out. So they will pay $18 million this year and then $6 million over the next three years. So why do you buy him out now? You buy him out now so you can use the roster space. Well, considering the fact that they're not going to compete this year, why do, they need, why do the Knicks need a roster space? I get why the Lakers did it with Luau Deng. They got a $5 million kickback to it per year. $5 million. That's a lot under the salary cap. For now, what the Knicks have to eat is the $18 million this year and $6 more million each in the next three years, which if they had waited to the end of this year, they could have done it again next year and had even less money under the cap. A total, complete Nick move. I hate it. Sometimes, you know, I look at other teams, like Seth had talked about this, the Spurs. I look at these teams that, that are handled well. And we talk about this all the time, how I am so jealous of some of these teams that have great ownership. Because I just have none. My teams never have good ownership. They, the incompetency was shown again today by the Knicks. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. And it looks like Seth's back. We were talking about Yakim Noah and the incompetency of the Knicks. I know. I, I, I've been trying to get back on for the last three minutes. Um, yeah, no, I was completely baffled by it as well. Um, it didn't, this is a team that's going to compete for the last place in the East. Why do you, why, why? I, 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 I don't get it. Um, yeah, I got nothing. No, I got, uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. Look, um, I've been a Nick fan since I was born and every single year they do something just as stupid just to piss me off. It seems like, and it's always right before the beginning of the season. So here we are on the eve of the NBA regular season. And again, I'm pissed at the Knicks. And again, I have nothing to root for because this team is going to suck. They're go- I mean, yeah. the only thing I have to look forward to is watching Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson, both of which I am actually very much looking forward to, and will tune in for the first half of every single Knicks game. Well, not everyone, but most of them. I will tune in for the first half. And by the time halftime's over and the Knicks are thoroughly down by 20, I will turn it off and say, great. That was a learning experience. I'm so happy that Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson got another game to play in because next year will be much better when we get the unicorn back and another first-round pick. That's it. And maybe Kevin Durant. But that's just hope. Yeah. I've been hearing all this about Kevin Durant. Can you please explain to me what exactly – would possess Kevin Durant to join this team. Okay. So are you asking me in a hopeful view, or are you asking me in a just a purely, um, I don't know, unbiased view? In an unbiased are you asking me to give me my pitch to Kevin Durant for joining the Knicks, or just say, 
really why he would join. Why? Why would he join? Okay, so if, if I'm okay, here's my pitch: Kevin Durant, come to the New York Knicks. We have a swing guy that likes to run the floor. We have a top-notch, uh, who I'm hoping is Kevin Knox. We have a 3D guy with Courtney Lee. We have a set. What? I'm just laughing. You just used Courtney Lee in the first 30 seconds of your pitch to bring the second best, second one of the top three players in the world to New York. He has Correct. Clay Thompson for D. What does he need Courtney Lee for? Because wait, you didn't let me get to the rest of my pitch. He got look. Oh, he can't, can't cut off my pitch. He can't cut off my pitch. Okay, number three, we have one of the top rising centers in the NBA because this is all predicated on Knox and Mitchell Robinson actually doing well this year. And then we have a guy that's coming off his coming off surgery a hundred percent at this point, Christoph Porzingis, who you've seen is one of the top talents in the NBA who will allow you to roam the paint because he can go outside. So with all that and the glitz and glamour of New York, this is your team, Kevin. This is not the Golden State Warriors. This is not Stephon Curry's team. This is not Russell Westbrook's team in Oklahoma City. This is not John Wall's team down home in Washington. This is your team. You will, have, you will be able to put your stamp on this team and if you bring success to the Knicks, you will be beloved for the rest of time. Forget all the crap that you took for going to Golden State. You won't get that coming to New York because you're not joining a powerhouse. You're making it a powerhouse. How do you like me? <laughs> um, I, I think it's cute. Thank you. Uh, I... I I, look, it, there's kind of a hypocrisy in regards to you don't want a guy you don't want a guy going to Golden State, but you're going to laugh at him if he goes to New York. I'm but, not laughing at him. I'm I'm crying well, because he's coming here. I, I appreciate that. I mean, but you wonder why he would be coming to New York. It's probably the better. He'd way be to coming play. to New York for marketing material. That's it. He'd be coming to New York because he wants the team to be his own. And he doesn't want to be known as the second guy. That, at the end of the day, there are very few teams in the NBA that allow both of those to happen, and New York is actually one of them. That's why he's coming, if he comes. Okay, I'm not saying it's a probable concept. I'm not even saying it's a, it's a likely concept. I'm not even in the 30% concept. But don't tell me it's not a possibility, because if it wasn't a possibility, he wouldn't have signed a one-and-one. He would have signed a two-and-one to maximize his money. It's a possibility. Oh, I, oh, I think he'll leave. I, I think there's a good well, chance he will leave. Okay, going where? I don't know. I have not thought that far ahead. I honestly haven't. Okay. But okay, next week, you know what? We're going to talk about next week is Kevin Durant's possibilities because we got a show with no previews next week. So next week we're going to go through Kevin Durant's possibilities. Because I think it's something we need to talk about. Because you say you haven't thought about it. Let's talk. Where is he going to go? And, we'll, and I'll come up with a list of teams that will have the cap room. And I do understand you'll move cap room to get Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that won't yeah. happen. 
but I believe half the NBA is actually a free agent next year. So that'll be fun. Okay, so we have about eight minutes left. So let's go through the East and see who's making the playoffs. I assume we have the Celtics and Celtics as the number one team in in the um, in the Eastern Conference. Who's your number one team? In, sorry, in the division. Who's your number one team in the Central and in the Southeast? Central is Milwaukee. Okay. Southeast is, and again, I'm doing this now, I'm doing this from the car now, so it's off the top of my head. Is By default, I think it's Washington. Okay. Um, is it Washington or Miami? It's one of the two of them, I'm thinking. It's, it's probably Washington. Okay. So I have the Celtics number one in the Atlantic. Number two is Milwaukee in the Central. Number three is Washington, like you said. One, two, three, right? So now we go through the rest of it in order because I don't – oh, no, they don't go by seeds anymore. They don't take it. It's one through eight. It doesn't matter. So I'll take the Celtics, the 76ers, the Raptors, the Wizard, the Bucks, the Wizards, the Pacers, and the uh, the the Pacers, the Heat, and the Pistons, with the Cavs dropping out. I don't think it's that far gone for any of those. But basically, yeah, do you believe the Cavaliers are going to make the playoffs? Probably not. Okay, so who replaces them? Hold on, bear with me a second. Hold on. Okay, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Um, not much of an argument with the uh, with your eight. I I don't really know what to. I may. I, I would consider probably taking the Cavs over the Pist- over the Pistons because I really have no idea what to make of the Pistons, to be honest. I would also consider my beloved uh, Brooklyn, who's in the house, over Detroit. Um, I think it's an interesting – I think you're, there's three or four truly terrible teams in the East. I think all those are out of play. Brooklyn, I think, is a half step above that. I think they're in that 35, 38 win range. And that may be enough to get them to the eighth seed. Yeah, last year it took 43 to get in, but I totally understand where you're getting at. Okay, so we got five minutes to go. Give me a final four. So I have Houston, Golden State, Toronto, and Philadelphia. I'm keeping the Celtics out. Toronto, Boston, Golden State, Denver. Denver. Okay. There you go. Uh, I'm going uh, I'm, because I'm I'm just not stupid. I'm picking Golden State to beat Houston, and I'm picking the 76ers to beat the Raptors, and then Golden State over the 76ers. And that this this is definitely means that Ben Simmons and Marcus Fultz take a Markel Fultz take a huge step in the right direction because they need to if they're going to be in the finals. Yeah. Well, I mean, Markel Fultz has nowhere to go. True. 
though, uh, is Simmons. Fair statement. Simmons needs to be better. As good as he is, he simply needs to be better to break, to get this team to that tier, and Embiid has to stay healthy. I like Toronto. I'm curious to watch them this year. Denver, I just think, is stacked. I really do. You know, they missed the, they missed the playoffs by one game last year, and Paul Millsap, who's their all-pro, was out for about five, was out for most of the year. They bring in Isaiah Thomas. This team has a lot to prove. They really do. And I don't know how I feel about Houston. I just don't. I don't. I don't like them giving up their uh, uh, Bamude. I don't like. I don't like them giving up Arisa. You know, I have no real great feeling for Carmelo. You know, on the defensive end, they scare me. Utah is going to be good, but I kind of like. I kind of like this team to take a huge step. Okay. So we got three minutes left. Uh, I'll go first real quick. Somebody just sent this to me from the NFL update uh, my, at my sports update. Definition of average. The Redskins are 1-1 one one in their last two, 2-2 two two in their last four, 3-3 three three in their last six, 5-5 five <laughs> five in their last ten, six and 6-6 six in their last 12, 7-7 seven seven in their last 14. They're 10-10 ten ten in their last 20. 16, 16, and 1 in their last 33. 18, 18, and 1 in their last 37. And 28, 28, and 1 in their last 57. That is awesome. Well, you brought up Robert Perra, and he's starting to sound like the Dan Snyder of the NBA, um, which is not, the, not exactly a ringing endorsement. But, no, uh, just a kind of yeah, that's that's just ugly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know the the NFC has been the NFC least for a while. The Giants haven't been good. Dallas has been you know over slightly above average. Washington has been mediocre, and Philly until last year has been mediocre. Mediocrity. I just. Yep. I you got a minute, buddy. All right. Um, very rarely do you, there's a regular season game. Live up to a, live up to the hype of last night's Kansas City New England game. Now, as a fantasy per, fan, as a fantasy guy who is 37 behind, who is trail, who's winning by 37, playing against uh, Mr. Hill, not thrilled. But man, <laughs> what a fun game to watch! Seeing them in, uh, I look forward to seeing them in uh, probably again in January because they are yep. as of now very early. But they are the two best teams right now in the league, and it's fun to watch. It was fun to watch. My only hope is that game is in Kansas City and not in Foxborough, because I don't think that they can be beaten in Foxborough. Okay, for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer. We both picked the Golden State Warriors. No surprise. Toys R Us kids, lots of Toys R Us kids. Have yourself a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Adios, amigos.